Hello and welcome to the Meg Method podcast. My name is Meg Walker and I help people find a better connection to themselves through fitness, mindfulness and breath work. I've helped coach thousands of people over the years and the aim of this podcast is to help you to improve your mindset, empower you with actionable advice so you can take ownership over your health and to educate you on the many different aspects of health from fitness to behavioral change. If you want to work with me, you can learn more about my coaching at themegmethod.com. Thank you for listening and welcome to the podcast. You are just who we were missing. Hello and welcome to the Meg Method podcast. And we are back, myself and David Yim, aka Yimmy, for another incredible major marathon episode. And this one is the long-awaited New York marathon. This might be a controversial one, (laughs) but we're going to come with our own personal little views of it, hopefully fairly balanced reviews, and also going to give you some top tips for anyone who's running it this year or get you excited maybe if you want to run it in the future. So hello, Yumi. How are you doing today? All great, actually, Meg. Very excited to do this episode, and I've been thinking about this one a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it has. And and I and I thought about just trying to caveat at the beginning <laughs> that you know we want to give everybody information and insight and ex- share some experience. And I would start off by saying that you know these are our experiences, these are our views. Yeah, they might not be the most popular views, but <laughs> they are our experience. They are our experiences at the end of the day. But paired. Uh, and have you know the, the right information so they can think about stuff ahead of the race. So um, hopefully that we achieve that objective uh, and balance our views. Yeah, absolutely that. And we we welcome other people's experiences as well. So like if you watch the episode and you've run New York before, please do comment. I know people have on the other episodes, Berlin, Chicago. We welcome it. And the whole point is like the more experiences we can have, the even better, hopefully, it will be for anyone running this year because they have lots of different experiences to get excited about and also learn a little bit more and some tips and advice. So please do throw your commentary in. We welcome it. Like I said, (laughs) (laughs) be nice. But yeah, it's it's lovely to hear from you. And thank you so much to everyone who's messaged about all the previous majors so far. It's been so nice reading your feedback. It's been really nice to hear that. It's been helpful for you. This is exactly why we want to do this. Yeah, Yimmy and I, we've said from the very start, this is basically our guide that we would have liked to have before we ran the race and just an extra resource to get excited about. So, Yimmy, the New York Marathon 2023, we did it last year in 2022. We could actually name it the hot one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be freezing cold in November, but it was the hot one. But we've started recently this tradition of having three words to sum up our race. So, and I think ours might be different. Like we've somehow had exactly the same words, but it'll be interesting to see. So, what are your three words this time? So, in a break from tradition, mm-hmm. the three words I associate with the New York City Marathon are vocal, technical, logistical. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Mine, not so fair. <laughs> Mine was specifically about my experience in 2022. Mine was hot, hilly hell. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but 
I thought the last one's a bit harsh. I've turned it into hot, hilly, unexpected. And I think that's what we want to, we were discussing before this. We want to really frame that around this discussion about New York 2022 in that, I think so much of what we experienced was due to unexpected, unprecedented heat that the organizers had to work out and change a lot of stuff logistically last minute. Well, I think that's why I mentioned logistical. I mean, one of my three words um, when I did the the roundup race report for my Facebook group, as you know, Meg, I, I have a, a London Marathon training uh, Facebook group, and now it's now it's expanded to cover some of the other majors as well as uh, you know as some of the people who ran london in 21 and in 2022 have really embraced marathon running i love it and they actually want to go and, and pursue their six star the world marathon majors as well which is fantastic so i've really been sharing some information i did a race report after every single one of my races and i one of the words was organized with brackets in front dis close brackets disorganized and on reflection you know there are a number of things uh, and it's taken me a while to really think this through mm-hmm. i think the new york marathon organizers nyrr the new york roadrunners are incredibly organized in terms of their yes. it's a massive massive race and a massive event Fifty thousand runners that's a lot of runners um, across all five boroughs of New York City. And so to say it was disorganized is a bit unfair. However, there were components of the race where I thought, well, actually, they could have done that better. And some of it was one-off type stuff, which we'll go into. Other stuff, which we'll also go into, I think is just long-standing arrangements that I think people just need to be aware of, which is why I've said logistical, because I think there are a number of things that you do need to think through that are different from the other majors that you do have to consider in advance of of getting out to New York. Mm. And it's best that people are aware of those before they go. Yeah, completely agree. And to say my hot, um, hopefully you won't experience that this year. As I say, it was completely unprecedented, that heat. Um, Hilly, unfortunately, you can expect some hills. We'll go into that this episode too. And as I say, my my last word before was a bit of a joke, but I'll finish with unexpected. And again, hopefully the race will be a bit more that you would expect from New York and a lot of the information that usually stands will stay the same. Um, But yeah, just to go off our point, the average time last year for the race was four hours, 50 minutes. I think that helps kind of describe how hot it was. Um, and didn't you say it was like a 98.2% completion rate? 90, 98.1% com, uh, people who, the, 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 of the number of people who started, 98.1% of runners finished the race. So last year there were 48,762 starters and 47,839 finishers according to their website. So that's a 98.1%. So only roughly 2% of people didn't finish. Which I was actually very impressed with. I was like, there is some tough people out there. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, if that gives anyone encouragement, right? So you've got a night, if you can get to the start line of the New York marathon, you've got a 98% chance of finishing it. And if I compare that to London, and there's going to be a lot of compare to London mm-hmm. on this one, as people are very familiar with that race, the, the stat in London is 99% of runners who start London, finish London. And I think that the difference between London and New York 
partly down to some of the conditions last year, but I also think it's because it's the most technical. One of my three words is technical. And and it's the one that really challenges you in terms of how you prepare for the race and how you execute your strategy on race day as well. Yeah, completely agree there. So if we talk a bit about this year, uh, Sunday, the 5th of November, this year's one, 50,000 runners is the capacity, like we said, and it goes through all five boroughs. So we start off in Staten Island. So that is miles one to two. Then we move on to Brooklyn, don't we, Yumi? Yeah. Brooklyn, you're going mile two to 13.5. Excellent. Before you get to the Pulaski Bridge, where you cross over into Queens. Welcome to Queens. <laughs> yep. And then you're going to be Queens from 13.5 to 15. Then you have Manhattan part one. You're going to get very familiar with Manhattan. That's going to be 16 to 19.5. And then we go right into the Brinks. Bronx. The Brinks? <laughs> the Bronx. Sorry, <laughs> Yimmy. And you're kissing the Bronx. You're only there for again you know, a mile and a half, 19.5 to mile 21 when you cross over the Madison Avenue bridge. And then it's pretty much a straight shot down, mile 21 all the way down to to Central Park. Um, we'll go into a bit of the details around the sort of finish line area. Uh, and then you finish inside the park, 26.2 miles, New York, five, five boroughs, done. Exactly. Uh, there's five bridges, two very long ones. Uh, the max elevation of the race is 260 feet, which is 79 meters. That is the right at the beginning. That's both a blessing and a curse, I think. And the minimum elevation is seven feet, so around two meters. And in terms of entry, a lot of you will be listening to this because you've already entered. You've got your space, which is amazing. But for anyone who's listening because you're keen to tick off this as a star in the future, even though it's a very hard race to get into, as are most of the majors, it's actually arguably got the most ways of getting into the race. You've got the ballot, you've got best for age, you've got American charities, um, you can do the virtual marathon. That's actually how I got in. Um, and you also have nine plus one, which you can do nine qualifying races and volunteer one. And we'll speak about one of the nine qualifying races later, which is that Abbott 5K. Um, and you've also got New York Runners Team for Kids as well, international tour operators. If you've completed 15 New York marathons, you're guaranteed entry. And then there's also 5K and 10K memberships. I couldn't believe it when I actually saw how many ways, which I think is amazing. And I think there's yeah. a, especially a lot of ways favoured for American runners which I do actually think is a really nice touch and I'm sure appreciated as well being an American race. I know we really appreciate it in London if they try and make it easier for, for Londoners or UK members to get in as well. $255 currently for the entry if you're a New York roadrunner and then $295 if not. So a lot more expensive than London. I think it's on the higher end, if not one of the highest for the races. I think that's one of the things that we've you know, we should point out, actually, Meg, yeah. you know, we're really lucky in London, £75, and everyone complained that yes. it had gone up from £60-odd, pounds, £62 to £75 this year. We've got it so lucky. Uh, I mean, I was just posting about Berlin's ballot because the Berlin ballot has opened, and it's €205 Euros if you're accepted. And, you know, you're talking a couple of hundred dollars or a couple of hundred euros for some of the other events. So in London, we have it really, really lucky if you think about it. 
Yeah, even Tokyo, I just paid for that. That was $160 plus 10 for the bag drops, 170 So yeah, we are incredibly lucky. And even to just do these world majors as well, that, you know, to be able to fly to these places, I try and offset my carbon footprint as much as I can as well. But like, you know, very fortunate to be in a position where we're able to fly around the world to do these amazing events. Yeah. So yeah, but the fact that they have like tried to make an effort to have different ways to get into the race, really appreciate that. Shall we talk about the expo? Yes, let's do that. We do love an expo, Yimmy and I. You know, you know, I love the expo because of the merch, right? He's the merch man. That's 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 all I go for. Get my bib and get the merch <laughs> and see what see see what's happening. Expo, as it's always is, is at the Jacob K. Javits Center, or otherwise known as just the Javits Center. Mm-hmm. It's on Eleventh Avenue and Thirty Fifth Street. You can't miss it. If you're staying in Midtown, all you've got to do is walk west. So easy. And at some point, it's so big. <laughs> you know, if you're in Midtown, you're going to hit the Javits Center, or you're going to see a whole load of runners going down there. I would say I know that you've got some information in terms of booking slots, etc. Yeah. But my overall view of the expo is that it's the most commercial of all the expos of the six majors. I agree. You know, the, the merch there is is New Balance. And as you know, I love New Balance. I'm wearing one of my favorite T-shirts from the New York Marathon. And I, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to admit, or maybe I should be embarrassed to admit, I think I spent £550 in the New Balance, well, in the Expo and all of the different concessions there because there's just so much choice. I used to think that Berlin had the best choice in terms of merch, but New York, hands down this year, I mean, I got a hoodie, I got a couple of T-shirts, I've got a couple of technical shirts, I got a jacket, you know, it was ridiculous how much there was to choose. Yeah, and there was so much choice. Like I was being um, hopefully a well-behaved baggage holder for the time being. And there were, I was pointing out so many. I, I was definitely a bad influence because I was like, try that, try that. There was so many excellent styles, really trendy. So yeah, New Balance did well. And I completely agree. Most commercial, so much stuff as well. Like they, yeah. they weren't short of things. Yeah. We also have a very sweet story to tell about the merchandise as well do you want to tell it yummy <laughs> so 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 i i run chicago with the meg star mm-hmm. and i you know meg was one of these people who reads everything and makes sure that i'm prepared in terms of the logistics of things because we were talking about our preparations for chicago and she was texting me saying, don't forget, we need to do this. Don't forget, we need to do that. New York, it was the same. Mm-hmm. And we're about to go and we'll talk, go into the details now. Don't forget, you need to book this. You need to book that. You need to book a slot for this, et cetera. What time do you want to do this? And I thought, you know what? I, I haven't had to think about it. And I thought, I'm going to buy Meg something from the expo. And I knew you wouldn't really accept it right because you know at the end of the day we're friends and you know you just wanted to be helpful and mm. i thought no I, you've gone above and beyond here and so i thought you're never going to accept this so i told a bit of a white lie i told meg that i had a friend who really wanted me to get her a new york marathon jacket and i said oh and, I, and some conversation we previously had said you said oh i really like that black and white one mm. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy you that jacket. So I told you, I said, 
you know, I've got a friend who's about your shape and size, right? <laughs> Which, would you... a lot of people would be like, oh, how dumb can this girl be? But I have to say, I, I was even saying to Yimmy, do you know what? I'm such an average size. Like, my shoe size, it's so popular. So many women are my shoe size. So many people are my size. So I honestly didn't think anything of it. So I, so I, said, I said to you, do you mind just trying it on for me? She's about your size thinking, of course she's your size, she's you, right? And you were totally oblivious to it all. So oblivious. And you tried on, oh, maybe the male fit one, maybe the female fit one. Which one do you prefer? And you said, oh, I prefer this one. And we walked around that store forever. And after I bought it, uh, there was came a moment where I said, you know, I said I was giving this to my friend. I said, that friend's you. So here's your jacket. And you said, I... And you were so you were like, I can't accept this. And I took the tag and I pulled it off and went, nah, no going back now. No returns. Yeah, I honestly, I'd like completely froze. Like I immediately, you know, when your face goes hot and you feel like you're going to cry, but because you're so overwhelmed, but in such a nice way. And it was like his leave, uh, leave me on a hill moment for New York of like, he's like, I've taken the tag off, <laughs> like ripped it off. <laughs> um, honestly, still on one of the kindest things anyone's ever done for me. And I was completely clueless. I was carrying this jacket around the expo and he was like, do you think my friend will like it? And I was just like, <laughs> and so innocently, I was like, Yimmy, you literally gone out of your way to buy this friend, this beautiful jacket. Like, how could they possibly not love it? <laughs> when I look back now, it's so ridiculous. But I think it was the fact you were actually meeting with a friend, like yes, and you was, genuinely yeah. were. So I, it just made complete sense to me. And you actually like met up with that friend. So I was like, oh, what a lovely. And I said to him, like, I gave him a hug in the queue. And I was like, you're just such a nice guy. Like, what a lovely thing to do for your friend. And he was like, I hope she liked it. It's, it's, it's my pleasure, Meg. But do you remember when we got to the till? And actually, spoiler alert here, mm -hmm. if it's your first New York marathon, they ask you at the till, is it your first time? And if it is, they get one of those cowbells and they ring the cowbell. Oh, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I think I was already, yeah, the cowbells were great. Um, also, disclaimer, if you go into the expo and come out, you have to go all the way in again. I learned this the hard way and ended up having to try dash security to get back in to get my bags as me and a friend. So, yeah, if you make sure if you go in, if you go out again, you will have to go around the whole way again. And that includes the lines get busier throughout the day. So just yeah. bear that in mind. Yeah. Um, when you're doing that. So yeah, excellent expo, lots of merch. In terms of the stalls and what they offer, there was lots of different stalls, which is great. Definitely different level of generosity to Chicago, but that's okay. Things are different. And at the end of the day, business have to make money. Like we said with Chicago, we were more in shock that we couldn't actually buy the things. Yeah. Um, but New York, they're all there to buy. You can also buy, like, which is pretty standard for a marathon, you can buy, um, you know, the gels and drinks that you would be getting on race day. So that can be a good thing, especially if you're going a few days early to try. Yeah. As again, Fleet Feet. I mentioned them when we did the Chicago episode. They were there in New York. They brought all the big brands, yeah. which was fantastic. You'll remember I was sat in the Therabody recovery boots yes. for quite some time. Um, we queued up for that. That was good fun. I would say the one thing that we should mention is that you do need to book your 
bit your bid pickup slot. Yes. So that's something that again, Meg, you've you told me about this. Um, you know, from logistics point of view, logistical, as I mentioned, it's not like any of the other expos where you can just turn up at any time to pick up your bib. You do have to actually book your slot and they want you to turn up to avoid overcrowding. And unlike uh, we talked about Berlin and London, where they print your bibs for you live, like Chicago, you do actually have to go to a designated desk when you get there to pick up your packet, which will include your bib, your pins, um, and also your long-sleeved event shirt as well, which I... (laughs) Which in hindsight, (laughs) we weren't going to be wearing that day. It was very hot. But usually because it's a cold race, they do a long sleeve, which is actually quite a nice difference because it's different to the other shirts. However, again, like if you're used to running in hot weather or you get quite hot when you're training you know, might not be your go-to shirt. However, I, I, I did also appreciate the fact that it was a bit novel in that you don't often get a long sleeve shirt yeah. for the races. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the uh, the organisation beforehand, even though it can be, you know, a bit stressful at first, you might think, gosh, I've got to book this, this and this. It does actually help the experience in that you know what time you're going, you know where you're going to pick it up. I mean, the, the other thing is, though, having said that, the the pickup was great. Yeah. You walked in, you found the desk, you picked up your bib. But then, as with most of these expos, they want to funnel you through the main apparel sponsor's yeah. sort of concession. And I remember standing there, and I don't know if they were doing it for crowd control or to just get everybody excited. They then bunched everybody up in the hall. Do you mm, remember? Yeah. And it's quite a narrow opening to get into the New Balance concession. The New Balance concession took up half the space in the expo. I think the other half of the hall was all the other concessions. Correct. And it was huge. Yeah. But having said that, the queue was massive and it was a bit of a bun fight getting in there. And do you remember the... When we went, it was the queue for the tills went all the way around the store one way and all the way around the store the other way. So you almost had like two queues going all the way around the store. So be prepared, I'd say, just that when you pay for stuff, just be prepared to be, you know, you'd have to be patient. You just have to be prepared to queue, but plenty of, 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 of merch there. And getting through the expo. So that was what it was like. And we actually went at quite a decent time. Uh, When I explained earlier of like, I'd left the expo and had to come back in. That queue was about three times as long already than when me and Yimmy had first gone in. So um, just something to be aware of. Give yourself plenty. Obviously, you're going to go at the time designated, but just be patient with it. They do try and move you through as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So on your portal, your New York Roadrunners portal, you will we'll go into it in a little bit more detail, but um, you you're to book your transport for the race, your bag drop, and that's where you book your slot as well. I know the deadline for the transport and the bag drop was the 12th of September. Um, I'm not quite sure what the date was for the expo, but just make sure that's all covered and that you have your time slots covered if you haven't already done so to just check that out. Do you want to talk about the bag drop? Because that's quite important, Meg. Again, this is very different from all the other majors um, and what the arrangements are there. 
Yeah, let's absolutely do that. So um, you have, like we said, the option to pre-check a bag. You don't have to, but that is at Rumsey Playfield in Central Park. So you can do that on Friday, the 3rd of November or Saturday, the November 4th. And that's from 9 to 5 p.m. And then you retrieve it at the post-finish area after the race. So Central Park area is where you'll be picking up your bag on the way out. But just to make it very, very clear, you cannot check your bag on the day. That's yeah. really, really important. As I say, you shouldn't have got that far anyway, because you should have had lots of reminders very early to book it in the portal. But yeah, you must meet the deadline, which was September the 12th. So that's passed. This I did find, we were talking about this, I found it was a trek, personally. We're, again, very spoiled at London um, in the fact that, apart from you were saying 2021, mm. Yimmy, um, you drop your bag off and you pick it up. You know, um, it's it's there for you at the end. They take it for you and they make it easy at the start. And then Chicago, you pick it up and drop it off in the same place. Yeah. Um, so for to go all the way to Central Park on another day, in addition to the expo to drop it off, that can be quite challenging. I made the most of it. I met up with um, some of my American clients and we had a lovely walk around Central Park. So by all means, not a terrible day. And, you know, you just fit with the race but is a bit more effort than some of the other races you'd be used to. Yeah. I, I think that for me, you know, it was it was Saturday. It was go to, it was go to, you know, get up, go and do my shakeout run because I didn't book early enough to go and do the formal shakeout run, um, the New York Roadrunners one, the organized one, mm-hmm. and then go back to my hotel and then go up to the bag drop and then go back to my hotel and it was just it just was another trip from my hotel and it's when you get to the the subway station it is a bit of a trek to get to the actual backdrop place so you're on your feet for quite a lot on the saturday and i think that if if there's an option for you not to backdrop and um, i'll talk about the end of the race and the pickup arrangements a bit later yeah. that might be an option uh, but you cannot bag drop. They do give you two bags, one that you do your bag drop, and you've just got to be strategic about what you want. Yeah. So if there's a favorite snack or a favorite drink or a pair of UFOs or whatever it is that you want to wear post-race, you've got to have dropped that off on the Saturday. And just bear in mind, you're not going to get a chance to drop it on the Sunday. They also give you that smaller bag as well at the expo. Yeah. And the smaller bag is the is a clear plastic bag, and it's the only bag that you're allowed to take with you into the start line area when when it's right on race day. So any snacks or any food or anything like that, you need to be able to put it inside that smaller bag, which is then thrown away inside the start line area as you then prepare to go to to your corrals. Yeah. So just just bear that in mind. That is different from from anywhere else. And yeah, I, I think it's good advice. If you don't need to do the bag drop, for example, if you've got relatives with you, I think you'd actually probably get the bag quicker at the end. And we'll discuss that in more detail in a bit, minute. Yeah. I would do that if you've got family members that can have it. Alternatively, if you're traveling light and you're not too sure what you want, if if it can last till you get back to the hotel, yeah. it might be worth doing. And in, fair to the, uh, in fairness to the organizers it would be a hard one to change in the fact of like logistics again, and that you are starting with Staten Island. Um, so you're starting in a completely different Island to the one you're on and just how busy New York is and the arrangements yeah. of closing so many major roads in such a grid 
based city, I do understand why it is the way it is and the fact that actually, like why they've chosen Central Park and at least your bag's there at the end. Again, we'll talk about could it be easier to pick it up? (laughs) (laughs) In my head, Meg, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking it's a point-to-point race across five boroughs of a major city. London can do it. (laughs) So, you know, with the bag trucks on race day, just saying, right? Um, And 48,000 runners in London last year, well, earlier this year, I should say. Uh, But it is a bit of a logistical nightmare to try and get the bags over to to the finish line area because it is a point to point race. Yeah. And you know, we the last couple of races we've talked about Berlin and Chicago loop races where you start and finish in the same place. This is a, a challenge to actually get, you know, bags dropped at the beginning. And apparently that was only a change from I think 2019 or 2021 where they changed that that bag drop arrangement. Okay. So but just be prepared for it, I would say. Um yeah. last thing I would say about the the New York Marathon uh, expo um there was a small stage we didn't stay around for any of the big presentations there but there was a bit of a small stage um in the corner and it wasn't like london where it's front and center the stage is right in the middle of the expo yeah. the stage was with the inspirational talks was right in the corner i did see it we didn't stop for it and right next to that another couple of fun things to do there's plenty of places where like there's like the new york marathon and um logo and there's a big medal and you can stand in front of it and get your big picture yeah there's the wall of all of the participants so go and find your name on the wall which i always love doing uh and abbott's is there of course so you can go and scribble uh, i think you and i both scribbled on the big a mm-hmm. um in the in the main hall there so you know expo overall super stocked with loads of merch uh, very, very commercial. No freebies. I don't think I got one freebie. Uh, but still, still fun to go and and get you all excited for the race. And yeah, don't forget to get that all important um, bib photo, uh, just to remind everybody that you are running the New York Marathon. Exactly. I think the one freebie is like those uh, boots that you can use for a short amount of time, you know, the air pressure boots. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah, with you, with the photo thing, if there's anything that I can encourage you to do, like you're running a world major marathon, that is no small feat. That's such a huge, like you're in like the 1% of people in the world, Mm -hmm. not only running a marathon, but doing a world major. Take the photos even if you feel a little bit embarrassed or a little bit silly doing it or you don't feel your best, like I promise you, you'll be so glad you did and you'll look back with such fond memories. Pride. So even if not for yourself, think, do you know what? To thank Yimmy and Meg for this podcast, I'm going to take a photo of me beaming there with my bib and I'm going to send it to them. Even if you could do that, it would make our day. We would love to see those things. And I think you'll have such good memories. You won't regret taking the photo. Post it on Instagram and tag us both. Yes. We'd love that. Exactly. Um, So please do that. Tag us in all your photos. So we will share it as well. We'll share it on. um, And we just love to see that. Share your enthusiasm and your enjoyment. And I promise you, you won't regret it. Like it's such a special memory. Take the photos. Shall we talk about sort of pre-race day and then get into race day? Because there's a couple of events, isn't there, before in the in the build-up? Because yes. New York, 
Yes. I think New York and Boston both do this really well, where the city really rallies around the marathon in the run-up to race day and on race day itself. I mean, London, everyone gets excited about race day. But actually, in in New York, there are a number of events, Mm. um, starting with there's an opening ceremony. There is. And I think they're saying for the first time this year, there's actually a like parade of nations. So there was going to be runners from all over the world, like at the opening ceremony. I think they had that last year. Oh, did they? Okay, maybe not the I, first I think, time. Yeah, I think they had that last maybe not year. That. It's, it's news to me. <laughs> Let's put it that. It's my first time hearing about it. But if I'd known about it last year, I would have got excited then too. And um, it concludes with fireworks at the finish line, the whole shebang. So that is on Friday, November the 3rd. That starts at 5 p.m., presented by United Airlines. And yeah, it's just a real kickoff, a celebration of the marathon weekend. So that's very exciting to get involved with. And there's the 5K as well, isn't there? Yes. Abbott dash to the finish 5K. Um, Again, Yumi and I were a bit slow off the mark of hearing about that. So we didn't sign up. But what's great about that is you can do, like youths can do that as well. So if you've got like a son or daughter coming, one of your children coming, um, a partner, anyone can get involved in that. It's also a nine plus one qualifier race. I think I mentioned earlier, one of the ways of getting into the New York Marathon, if you've uh, done nine of the races in their list and volunteered for one, that's another way of getting in. Um, so definitely a lot more accessible if you're American, yeah. Um, but also helpful as well wherever you are. Um, so entry from that started on January the 31st and that runs up until November. Now, I have to admit, we looked on the website to see just the information for that. I couldn't see where you actually signed up. So you'll have to do a little bit of digging there. But as far as it seems to be saying, there is still spaces available for that. And until they run out, it'll be open until the very beginning of November. Yeah. The youth girls and boys start at 8.12. You've got the pro men and women and wheelchairs there from 8.45. And then it goes on from there. And I loved, I had so, I've had quite a number of people message me. They're doing Chicago at this weekend or when we're recording this and saying that, you know, their, their little girl, little boy or their child is, um, running the 5k in Chicago. So I love to hear that. The fact that they're coming to support you know, their dad or their mum doing the race and they're getting involved as well. So it's a good old family event, that one. Yeah. Let's um let's talk about race day. Race day. Should we start with the transport? Well, I, I would say before we even get to transport, I would say hmm. normally that weekend yep. is the weekend where the clocks go back. That is a very good point. So don't forget that on Saturday night, Sunday morning, the clocks go back. So if you've got, normally if you've got your phone and you rely on your phone to tell you what time it is, that'll automatically update. But if you've got old school alarm, analog clock or whatever, don't forget the clocks go back an hour. Don't get up at the wrong time and and get in a panic. Um, So you do get an extra hour in bed. Um, so don't get up to it. You'd be, you'd be getting up prematurely, let's just say. And it's early enough as it is. Don't be tempted to stay up an extra hour and squander that extra hour because it is a long day mm-hmm. is what I'd say about that. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Cause I completely forgot about that. I just have flashbacks. I was so like stressing about that the night before of like, 
are they going forwards? Are they going back? I set like so many different alarms on different devices just to make sure. I, I, I always go by the spring forward, fall back. Yeah, there we go. And it's the fall. So it fall, it goes an hour back. So you get an extra hour in bed. But that does mean that it's still an early start though. And we'll talk about the transport now, but do think about what breakfast arrangements you've got in place. Yeah. Um, similar to Chicago, when I said, think about your breakfast strategy. Now, a lot of New York hotels will do early breakfast on race days. Certainly the hotel that I was staying in, uh, I went with Sports Tours International and they ensured that everybody had a grab and go breakfast ready. Unlike Chicago, which we'll talk about in a moment, New York isn't an early start in terms of the race necessarily, depending on which corral you're in. So you could be up for some time before you actually start the race. So that's something, again, logistically, you might need to bring some extra food with you. I actually bought a pasta from a restaurant the night before and just had it in the takeaway container. And you remember us sitting in the in the start line area, Meg, me munching on my my pesto pasta. It's like we got a pesto pasta there. <laughs> yeah, I've got a pesto pasta because actually by the time we start, it's nearly lunchtime. And you know, you do need to think about when you're gonna fuel and breakfast is gonna be at say five, five o'clock in the morning for, for a lot of runners as they make their way over to the 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 midtown buses or to other transportation to get to the start line. And it's so early that by the time you've, you know, we set off at 11.30, talk about the start line corrals in a moment, but me setting off at 11.30, that was a good like six hours and just before lunchtime as well. So I knew I needed to take something. So do organize something again, that word logistical. Yeah. You do need to be prepared and and think about, you know, when you're going to eat um, in the run up to starting the race. Yeah, great. Great advice there. Really, really important. And if you've got any questions about that, if you're not sure, I am a nutritionist, so feel free to ask me. Um, and we've done a lot of endurance events, so send a DM. Details are in the show notes, and I'll be happy to give some advice around that. And if you're part of Yumi's group as well, he gives endless information yeah. about these things and little reminders. So, um, yeah, follow those show notes. If that's something where you're listening to this, you're like, oh, goodness, I don't even know where to start. Send us a message. Don't worry about it on your own. Yeah, but you remember that walk. It's still dark. Yeah. It's five o'clock in the morning. And, you know, the only people walking around central New York through Times Square are a bunch of crazy people (laughs) all going towards the library, the New York Public Library, buses between five o'clock in the morning and 6.30. And there's people queuing up in a very, very orderly fashion Mm. for these buses and it was just incredible atmosphere wasn't it it was oh yeah that excitement it was you could feel the excitement and that buzz in the air everyone was so chatty like you just you'd be walking along and as you're getting closer and closer to the meeting point more swarms of people are joining you Mm. I remember I was waiting on the corner for Yimmy um, I had some amazing conversations with people and I was just getting more and more excited because like the build up of people was joining. And yeah, it is quite funny on that early on a Sunday morning, you've either got your, it's two very different types of people. <laughs> You're going to be meeting the people that you've yet to go, and go to bed and had a very wild Saturday night and their <laughs> day's just ending. And then you've got the sprightly people. So two very different marathons. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember we met 
you know, mother and daughter, Dana was the mum. I can't remember the daughter's name, but it was her first ever marathon. So exciting. And it was New York. Uh, and so she was uber excited and Dana had run it 15 times. Amazing. And and we, we had a great chat with her. Um, and then you see a whole load of buses all queued up. Now, you would have pre-booked your bus departure time. It's actually printed on your bib. Yeah. Um, the time that you selected. But I thought that actually they were pretty relaxed about which bus you kind of got onto i didn't think that they they were super strict about you need to get on the 630 bus it was a case of you know there were a number of different lines lots of different buses and people were very orderly and the marshals there were very very good at just directing people on the bus yeah absolutely the organ again like when you're first like applying to the race and sorting out the bits, you might be like, goodness me, I need to book this, I need to do that. But it is all for a good reason. Like it is very well organized when you come to it. And um, for anyone who is thinking about doing the race or um, had only done the bus option, just to give you a quick overview of the transport in general, yeah. uh, you book your transport through the portal. The deadline again was the 12th this year. And it is first come, first served with times and the type of transport. So if you're thinking about doing this in the future, it's something worth um, knowing. You can either do the Staten Island Ferry. That's 90 minutes and that goes from Whitehall Terminal. And that is accessible by the train as well at South Ferry. And then at the R&W trains at Whitehall Street, South Ferry. And then you have also get a free bus on the other end. So just yeah. when you look at that, just know if you're doing Staten Island Ferry, you've got to get there and then you're going to get the bus the other end too. So you've got two forms of transport yeah. there, but you just book the ferry. The bus will be sorted. Yeah. Then you have Midtown Bus. That is 90 minutes and you meet at New York Public Library. So that's Fifth Avenue and 42nd Street. Um, and that takes you straight to the start line or maybe <laughs> a little detour as we'll talk about in a minute. Um <laughs> So quicker if you don't have a rogue bus driver. And then there is a New Jersey bus, which is 60 minutes. And that you meet at MetLife Stadium parking lot K this year. Yeah. Um, And that is also near the Quest Diagnostics Training Center. So the options are shown um, also based on the estimated pace range. So they do try and give you a little bit of a guide if you're not sure what bus you should be getting. Pay attention to those descriptions because they advise you what one to get. Um, Midtown bus is 5 a.m. every half an hour until 6.30 a.m. And Staten Island Ferry is 5.30 a.m. every 15 minutes until 6.45 a.m. And then same with New Jersey bus. Private cars are strongly advised against due to the road closures. Uh, so you would have to get dropped off because there's no parking and you must dry, arrive at the start before the Verrazanzo Narrows Bridge closes well, to traffic at 7am. <laughs> well, that's the theory, yes, right? That is the I mean, I, I'm, I'm dying to tell this story because... Please do. Ordinarily, it is actually a very, very efficient process. And actually, when I look at the time that we left the New York Public Library to when we got to... The start line area, it took half an hour yeah. on the bus. You've also got to account for the, the 45 minutes to an hour that it's going to take you to get on the bus, which is why they say 90 minutes yeah. um, in terms of planning. That's if it all goes okay. <laughs> so, and, uh, and this is one of those uh, funny stories that you look back on now and it's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. So we trekked there and it was bang on 6.30, yeah. got on the bus 
and the bus left and we're driving around and I'm thinking like, this is interesting. I know Manhattan pretty well and I know certain landmarks. I'm thinking that landmark's on the wrong side. And we literally spent 50 minutes driving around the whole of Manhattan. We did a bus tour. The bus driver got lost. Yeah. We did a bus tour, the big bus tour, free of charge <laughs> on race day. And after 50 minutes, we arrived back at the <laughs> New York Public you Library. You could see the faces. So like Yumi said, we're going further and further along. I'm actually almost back at my hotel while I started. And fair play to Yumi. He called it pretty early, right? Because everyone's distracted. We're chatting. There's so much excitement. If you're running on your own, you have no worries because everyone's super friendly. And Yumi was like, hang on, that's a funny way to go. And I was like, is it? And then more and more we're getting clued up. And in the end, we were getting saved by an Irish woman of all people on the bus had to end up directing the bus driver back to where we originally started. And if you could take a picture, we just came back into the public library and the officials, like they just lost all colour in their face. They were like, why are you back here? You know, what, what? Frozen with their clipboards. Yeah. The panic set in so we we ended up get being directed by an irish tourist <laughs> yeah um to to staten islands uh we went through the right tunnels the next time but what was the the funniest thing was we arrived at the farazano narrows bridge and they had closed the bridge already because the race was about to start police officers all across the bridge all over stopping anyone come past Police cars parked up. It was like a. It was like the 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 OJ chase, <laughs> yeah. you know, the OJ Simpson thing. You know, police were parked with their cars blocking the bridge, and we ended up having a police escort <laughs> over the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. We honestly thought it was over before it even started. And to put to explain how close we were to not being able to do the race, yeah, we literally arrived put on the brakes by the starting field and the first cannon went off that is how close we were <laughs> to not being able to do the race because we'd got so lost it it's it, for clarity it was for the it was for the wheelchair race yes so it was eight o'clock in the morning bang on we stepped off and we the first thing we heard was the cannon yeah. Going off. What did that? What did that bus driver say to you? <laughs> he thought it was really funny, didn't he? So we're and to be fair, I think we we're all just so relieved. While we were on the bus, we were getting super stressed because we were being told the whole time, like you might not be able to do the race. Like we we're going to try. We're going to speak to the police. We might just make it. So everyone's at this point is getting really worried. They're getting stressed. There was a lot of like first marathon runners that particularly were feeling really overwhelmed because they were already worried about running their first marathon. Anyway, we we park and everyone's just like, oh, well, like starting to see the funny side a little bit. Bear in mind, we'd only just parked, so it's still very fresh. But everyone was like, okay, well, at least we're here. And the driver, I kid you not, he is stood at the front of the bus with his taking photos with people because people are like, this guy (laughs) almost made us miss the race. And he's going, he just goes to me, add me on TikTok. (laughs) It was so... It was not funny at the time. What he's doing on TikTok, I don't know whether he's got a TikTok filled of off like his bus tours that don't go to the start line. I don't know. 
but yeah, we, and everyone was like, this guy, <laughs> just, just laughing about it. Add me on TikTok. But it's funny now. It's funny now. Um, it's funny now. I think the other options are Staten Island, this Staten Island Ferry. Um, that does take you right by the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Um, so bear that in mind. It does take a little bit more time, but it's pretty flat waters, apparently. I haven't taken it, but one of my friends did. Last year, there was a bit of an issue in terms of the a bit of overcrowding on the ferries, but they do go every 15 minutes and they get people through quicker. Yeah. I, I think that if I had to run the race again, I would take might take the Staten Island Ferry just because it takes longer to get there and therefore less time hanging around in the corral. I agree. But bear in mind, from the ferry ter- terminal on Staten Island, it's a three-mile journey, which they give you, which they take you on the free buses, which is fine. Yeah. But if you're in one of the earlier waves, then then consider getting the buses directly to the start line area. If you've got a bit more time and it's time to kill, really. And the reason why the buses have to get there so early is because they have to close the Verrazano Narrows Bridge to enable the runners to run across the bridge. So they have to close it at a certain time. That does mean that you are in that start line area for an inordinate amount of time. Mm-hmm. We got there at eight in the morning. I set off at eleven thirty. That's three and a half hours of sitting around. Now, this year, well, last year I would say we were lucky in a way because of the warmth. We didn't freeze. Yeah. But for sitting around for three and a half hours, and it's actually quite exposed. Yeah. It's a sprawling area. And I would say definitely take some some warm clothes to make sure that, you know, they do have like lots of races now, recycling points where they do collect all the the the, the old clothes that are discarded, which is great. Uh, but it's a sprawling area and di- the different corrals, the different colors will have different zones that they can go to. Our top tip is that we found the charity area, yes. which is slightly in the middle at the back of where the entrance where the buses drop you off if you've come on the Staten Island ferry and and guess what there were 50 toilets there with no queues yeah it was so easy so easy yeah I mean that race New York has probably got the most amount of portaloos in the start line area than any other race that I'd seen that's very important it's almost like they they fence off the whole of the, <laughs> the start line area with portaloos which is great but um, we always say go and find other places walk down a bit to find the lose and there was there were just zero cues we kept on going in them because we could um, <laughs> exactly. we were sat there hydrating and just, this is such a novelty at a marathon don't mind if i do because yeah and they're clean and you know i i can go to a it's it's half past 10 and i can still go to a fresh one that nobody's used it was quite yeah. a novelty um but, but do take some warm clothes because november is normally really really cold and you are going to be there for some time and i strongly suggest going to the charity zone where there's a big there's a big open area stay warm as as warm as you can you as you as you can i actually bought from the expo um, one of those painters overalls, which are quite popular, which is a great idea, actually. And you know, they they they're white painters overalls, and you know, I, I actually got quite sweaty in them. I didn't actually need them <laughs> because it was just so warm. I did. I had to witness the strip show. We called it Tragic Mike. They're not as easy to get off as you'd think, ladies and gentlemen. They don't quite rip as well. <laughs> it was supposed to be to practice your routine beforehand. It was supposed to be. They were supposed to be able to rip all the way up the legs. So I was going to do this 
magic mic, but it was more, as you said, tragic mic rather than magic mic. <laughs> Those Australians thought it was hilarious. Oh, they loved it. Yeah, they, they wanted an encore from tragic mic. They were all involved. Um, but that just shows the atmosphere, really friendly atmosphere. Yeah. We met some lovely people. We were speaking to uh, two Australian ladies and one of their partners. And um, actually, just a very clean, very well-organized start line. That's yeah. something I was very impressed with. Very efficient, actually. In We'll talk about the later start and how that affected us. But in terms of actually the organization, in terms of that, very, very well done. Mm. And normally it is freezing cold weather as i said this was they weren't expecting a heat wave i don't think anyone was um so normally i believe they even give out a lot of free dunkin donuts like beanie hats and things like that they're there anyway dunkin yeah. donuts are there every year and they give out t- coffee tea and bagels it's yeah. a okay people and i've got to be balanced about this because yeah. people go oh new york's got the best food in the start line area yeah. and and true, compared to London, London, there's nothing. There's yeah. water, yeah. right? There's there's no food gets given out in 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 London as as far as I can remember, and I've run it five times. Yeah, New York, there's Dunkin' Donuts, but let's get real, people. There's some energy bars and there's plain bagels. Yeah, and there's tea and there's coffee, and you can get your New York, you know, Dunkin' Donuts beanie hat, which could be quite nice to wear. Um, if it's cold, that might not be too bad, or you've got to carry it with you. Uh, but you know, and people love free stuff, right? So there is there is that option. Plenty of water. I can seem to remember there was Gatorade there as well. Yeah. Um, in that sort of main area, and lots of people warming up and looking very very serious. But the waves. Do you want to talk about the wave starts, Meg? Yeah, that's absolutely. So there's five waves as Yumi is about to mention. So wave one, that starts at 9, 10 a.m. So that would be a suggested 5.30 to 6 a.m. ferry or 5 a.m. to 5.30 bus. You've got wave two, that's a 9.45 start. So again, they give the suggestions 6.15 a.m. Uh, to 6.45 ferry or 5 to 5.30 bus. I won't do it for all of them, but you get the gist. Like they are very helpful and that will give you an idea. Then they have wave three, um, that starts at 10.20 a.m., and then you have wave four, 10.55. And then wave five, like Yimmy mentioned, is 11.30 a.m. So it is a very long morning for you. So definitely make sure you've got that your stuff in that throwaway plastic bag that they give you to bring some snacks and stuff so you're well-fueled and well-catered for. Yeah. Um, and the painter's yeah. um, throwaway was a fantastic idea by Yimmy there as well. Anything yeah. else you want to mention about those waves? No, not really. I think that, you know, you get the the announcements coming. You do stand in that start line village and you can see that bridge looming in the distance, right? And your excitement really, really builds. Um, And then they call you to get into your sort of like into the corral. Yeah. And just bear in mind, there's a, you know, when you get into that start line area, do take the opportunity just to chill as much as you can. Move when you need to, to stay warm if it's cold. But there's a there's one thing I would say, and this is why, again, I'll mention the logistics, just so people are aware. There's a lot of standing around. Yes. There's a lot of standing around. So you're standing around for a few couple of hours. Then you get into corral and you stood in the corral for a, couple, you know, for, for a good 20 minutes. Then everyone shuffles over to the actual, the foot of the bridge where the start line is. And I've got, and on the plus side, some people love it. They have this whole, 
I call it a bit of pomp and ceremony mm-hmm. where, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's lots of music playing, which is great. I, I'm one of those runners, you know, I get to the start line. I want to go. Yeah. I don't want to be standing there sort of like faffing around, but I understand why they do it. Um, yeah. They get people excited at lots of music, but then they, they sing the national anthem. And then there seems to be like a thousand and one announcements from all of the different sponsors, et cetera. Yeah. And then, and then they, they let you go, but there's a lot of standing around. And so just be prepared for that. Yeah, I think that's fair and it's good to be prepared. And again, it's going to depend on what type of runner you are. Like you mm. said, there's going to be so many people out there that will empathize with Yimmy and just be like, I just want to get going, right? I just want to start the race. On the other side, people might see it as very positive in the fact that every wave gets the same treatment of yeah. you get the whole, yeah. um, you get the anthem, you get the fanfare and all of that. And I guess in a way, if that's your first ever marathon or your first time in New York, it's a very patriotic experience. And I do, yeah. in a way, love the fa- appreciate the fact that they've really taken the effort to make sure that every wave, no matter how fast you are as a runner, you get that same experience. So I think that's commendable in a way. And as I say, and a lot of people will really appreciate that. However, if you are someone who wants to get started um, and there has been a lot of standing around, that can also be a point of frustration too. I think if, if for me, it was just that you've kept me waiting for two and a half hours now. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, three, well, three and a half hours. I, you know, I don't want to wait around anymore. I'm just keen to start now. The other thing, of course, is that you warm up in the start line assembly area. And by the time you've got to the bridge, you, you're kind of cooling down really, really quickly. So then you've got to try and warm up again. Yeah. But the great thing is, I mean, the atmosphere is incredible. The cannon goes off and it's yeah. blooming loud. Uh, <laughs> and then as you cross the line, Sinatra's playing, you know, New York, New York. That was a nice touch. That yeah. was quite a nice touch. And then you're on the go. Um, do you want to talk about the different coloured starts? Yes. So I believe, did we say that there was red? Blue and orange. Orange. Uh, red, blue and orange. Yeah, exactly. So um, make sure, again, your bib, you have your bib with you. It's got to be four pins on the outside there and fastened. And it's going to have your letter and your corral start on those four different bib colours as well. And you'll have your bag tag with you too. Do you want to add anything on those I think um, just to let you know, so there are different areas where you yeah. start. So the blue start is typically on the right-hand side on the upper deck of the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. Orange is on the left-hand side of the upper deck of the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. And red, I think, is left lower side. Um, there's one thing I read somewhere which was quite amusing. A lot of people have been waiting for so long that desperate for, for, for a wee and is don't stop on the top deck of the Verrazano Narrows Bridge and pee over the side because there are runners yeah, underneath. underneath. <laughs> so so that's some, just something to bear in mind. If we can get into the start, you know, we t- start talking about the race. Yeah, let's do it. If there's, and, and one of my three words was technical. Yeah. Okay, so to me, the New York Marathon is the most technical race of all of the majors, Right. It's the one where you have to have your strategy. You have to really be tactical as well in terms of adjusting your strategy um, according to the conditions. Um, because not only, I mean, when it's flat, it's flat, but there are the, the the bridges that you need to run over and you need to deal with the conditions as well. 
New, and you know, unlike Boston, where you know it is hilly, it's rolling hills, and you've got to stay engaged with with how you run the hills. New York is is you can really zone out of New York and lose track of where you are. Absolutely, I'd say the start, as you, as you mentioned, Meg, at the start, you starting to the to run to the highest elevation on the course in the first mile. Yeah, right. So I always say to people, start slow. And if there's one race where you've got to start even slower than slow is New York, because the first thing you do is you run to the highest point in elevation at the end of the first mile, over one mile, get to the midpoint of the bridge at a mile, and then you're running down the other side of the bridge as well. And if I I ran it again, I think I would actually consider just walking the first bit of the of, of that marathon but certainly really start slow otherwise it will just your heart rate will go up and you'll you'll pay for it later you'll box your legs before you've even started the race absolutely so it's you know be patient with this one there are paces lots and lots and lots of paces so anywhere between three hours and five hours there are paces running five minute into and for the five to six hours, there are paces running every sort of fifteen minute intervals um, as well. So there are loads of paces to keep look keep a lookout for them, particularly the ones in your in your in your corral. Yeah, absolutely. And there's you've got six hours thirty minutes time limit for this race, so that's approximately about fifteen minute per mile race that you would need to do to be able to finish within time yeah and like Jimmy said any marathon it's important to pace yourself but particularly with New York yeah you do have to be a little bit more strategic in terms of the hills I'd really suggest about considering especially being in that zone two as you're going up and what's great about zone two that's based on a percentage of your heart rate so that's zone two for you so again, if you want any tips about this, just send us a DM, send us a message. We're happy to give you a little bit more support on that. But just, yeah, very easy to zone out, get carried away. Um, yeah. And especially having the highest elevation right at the start of your race, particularly at the start, play that well. And they've boosted you up, mm, yeah. right? They've got you all excited. And so you go, yeah, I'm going now. Finally, I'm going to get Sinatra's playing, you know, and, and you run. And so just be careful. Just just cool your heels a little bit and just be, be behave, right? Because, you know, you'll pay for it later. Absolutely. If I talk through the just general points in terms of the in terms of the race. Yeah. Um, first two miles, you get over the bridge and then you arrive in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. right? And if, the, you know, I heard everyone telling me Brooklyn is one big block party and it is right people are out both sides of the road um and it's a block party throughout there are people on balconies playing music really really loud and like you know bands and stuff on the side of the road the locals come out on the side of the road and they're all cheering as well and you do get into the the main part which is the fourth avenue running on and you are on that for a long time actually and the party does continue it does get a little bit inconsistent but the music just as you're thinking the crowd's dying down a bit there'll be somebody who's got music blaring out from their balcony Mm -hmm. um somewhere from 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 the blocks around you um so it is a really good atmosphere generally in, in in brooklyn you are on that fourth avenue for a long long time though it's five miles essentially and the one thing that I would say about it is you look and as far as your eye can see, you can just see runners. Mm-hmm. 
and that's why I say you can easily just zone out um, and and just f- f- forget what your strategy is. I actually found that really quite, for me, I was having a tough day out because as soon as I started, I was thinking, wow, it's so hot. Yeah, It was 86% humidity that day and I could barely breathe. And bear in mind, we were, you were starting at 11.30. You were the latest yeah. wave. So you were basically starting at midday top heat. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was so muggy. And, and I remember coming down and looking at 4th Avenue and I looked up and I thought, wow, it just seems like a never-ending road. Mm-hmm. Now, that can really hit you psychologically. And I let that get in my head. Don't let that get in your head. You're looking at that road and you're thinking like, Brooklyn, it's five miles on this blooming road. Mm-hmm. And everything gets samey after a while. It just feels like anyone who's run London, it's that bit through Charlton. It feels like you're stuck in Charlton. Yeah. There's this, there's, there's the, the, you like the local vibe and you've tasted the local vibe now, but there's nothing, there's no big landmarks to get you to look forward to, to drive you on, to encourage you. And there's no variation. It all looks very, very samey all the way down 4th Avenue. So just be prepared for that. And don't let the race get in your head like it did with me. Because then I started to struggle early on in that race. Great advice. You then get to the end of of Brooklyn. Now, I've got to say that, you know, one of my favorite bits is you get to mile eight and you cross Atlantic Avenue and there's this building in front of you. I think this Flatbush Avenue you cut onto, and then you hang a right into Lafayette. And there's this big building in front with, it looks like an empire style sort of 1930s building with a clock and a dome on the top. Mm. And you see that, and the crowd there is absolutely immense. I mean, I had people yeah. jumping out from the barriers, and I had my name on my top, and just and they were screaming, come on, you may, in my face. And it was like so loud, which is why one of my, my um, you know, one of my words is vocal, because they are the most vocal crowd. When they're there, yeah. they are the most vocal crowd. Yeah. You're then into Lafayette, and you hang a left, and you're into Bedford. And you go through, I think, South Williamsburg, where it gets a bit quiet. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about the crowd in a moment when I when I go through the rest of the um, the, the sort of the, the the course. You then get to sort of Queens, and this is at the halfway mark. Essentially, you cross over that Pulaski Bridge, and it's actually not such a big bridge. It's 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 not huge, and it's only like a three point five, three point eight percent elevation. Uh, so it's not really steep, but it just feels like, you know, it's going on and it's very exposed as well. So on a day, mm. it's not a good looking bridge. It's just a concrete bridge that takes you into Queens. Um, so just be prepared for that elevation. Uh, and I mean, I was struggling by then um, and I was I just walked up it. Um, and it's a very, very brief visit to Queens. You're in a place called Long Island City. Mm. And it's literally a mile and a half that you you kiss through Queens. And it's a different vibe there as well. You know, yeah. the welcome to Queens sort of That's thing. That's what nice. Each borough has its own vibe. Vibe, um, yeah. Has its yeah. own vibe, has its own atmosphere. And as I say, you're out there at different lengths, but Queens is so quick. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so fast. And before you know it, you get to that Queensborough Bridge, which you mentioned there's two big bridges. The second one is the yeah. Queensborough Bridge. I call it the Batman Bridge because it was the <laughs> bridge true. that was in 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 Dark Knight Night uh, Dark Knight Rises, I think. Yeah. Um, 
and and it is a long bridge and the 15 mile marker is at the start of that bridge and you run all the way over it and the elevations there it is long it is hard and it's a big climb i, I mean i'll talk about my self reflections at the end but this is one point where i i was really considering a dnf yeah for me that's how hard it was so just pace yourself going over that look over to the left as you cross that bridge you get to see the un building and if you look and if you squint hard enough, you do get to see some of the Manhattan skyline as well in the distance, uh, the Freedom Tower in the very, very distance and the Empire State Building, which you get to see later. And then my favorite part of the course, uh, and there is a favorite part of the course, mm-hmm. the wall of the wall of sound. Yes. As you come off the Queensborough Bridge, you just just take headphones out at that point and pay attention because you come off the bridge and you sort of do like a U-turn and you come back on yourself onto First Avenue. And that is New York's Tower Bridge yeah. moment, effectively. The, the, the sound is absolutely deafening as you come off the Queensborough Bridge. You are now in Manhattan. And really well-timed because, as I say, that slog up the bridge, Yumi's already kind of alluded to the fact that he was struggling so much, he even thought, like, do you know what, I'm going to drop out. Mm. So to come off that bridge to, and it really is a wall of sound, really, really well-placed yeah. and very much needed and appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next bit is First Avenue, and it is a long drag. You are going from 59th Street to 125th Street, yeah. right? And that's a lot of city blocks. But I would say this, and again, I let it get into my head, right? Because at the beginning, from 59th to about 80th Street, I would say, the crowd's really, really good, very, very vocal, and then it starts to really, really taper down yeah. and it gets really, really quiet and you've got to dig deep. And and I found myself counting street numbers, 81, 82, 83. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, I know I'm going up to eight on 125 on this one. And it just feels like a long way. I want to put it into perspective for anyone who's doing it. Don't let that get into your head. It's three and a half miles. It's just over one park run. Everyone runs a park. You can, if you're running a marathon, you can easily do a park run. It's one park run to get you to to exactly. to to the Bronx. Yeah. So think it's only just over five k. You then just like you did in Queens, you go into the Bronx and you literally kiss the Bronx. Mm-hmm. You're there for a mile and a half. It weaves around a bit, and before you know it, you're on 138th Street, uh, and you cross over the the bridge, uh, the Madison Avenue bridge, and then you're on Fifth Avenue. And again, this is why I say it's so technical. Mm. You get onto Fifth Avenue and you squint hard enough and you see the Empire State Building. And I know, hang on, the Empire State Building is not that far away from Central Park. And I'm thinking like, exactly. what got in my head was the, God, that looks so far away. And I'm on this straight line down and I'm counting the street numbers down from 138 down. There is a bit of reprieve because you go to you get to um, Marcus Garvey Park and you sort of do a little detour around the park. That's where I picked up a, a, a somebody was giving out beer. and I thought, oh, sod it. You know what? I'm having such a bad day. I'm on the struggle bus. Um, I'm just going to have a beer. And it was very refreshing. Is there ever a summary of how his race was going? (laughs) Give me a beer. I don't even drink beer. And I took a beer and I thought it was great. And I was taking the isotonic from it, thinking like, this is fantastic. New York Marathon 2022 drove Yimmy to drink. Absolutely. You know, it converted me to drinking lager. 
Um, <laughs> of all tricks. Of all tricks. You then get to 86th Street and you enter the park. Right. So, so something to note around entering the park. Yeah. That's not the finish. <laughs> yeah. Right. So just like we it's said, really important. Just, yeah. just like we said in, in Berlin, when you get to the Brandenburg Gate, that's not the finish, right? The finish. When you get into the park, you're not finished yet. There's two miles to go. Oh no, you are not done. So you weave through the park, and I would say that bit of the park, and you come pop back out opposite the Apple Store yeah. on 59th Street. Um, that bit of the park is probably the tightest part of the course. Yeah. As you weave through that park. You really do have to concentrate. Yeah. Just what and it undulates. It's not hilly. Yeah. It just undulates. And and you the, are like funneled a little bit as runners. So just really watch your footing there as well. Yeah, yeah, watch your footing. Great advice there. You 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 pop out at 59th Street, you hang a right, you're you're into Central Park Street. And then you run the, the length of Central Park Street to the other corner of the park, effectively, to Columbus uh, Circus. And then you get into the final bit of the of the race. And that's where, you, as on Central Park Street, it is so noisy. Yeah. And then the, the ending is, I've got to say, is epic, right? Yeah. And, you know, the crowd are there all the way to the finish line. Unlike in, in in London, where you know they put that grandstand up and it's not it's not full, and you kind of you get to the mall and it's like great good. Well, as you turn the corner, and then it goes a bit quiet, and you think, yeah. oh, that's a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah. New York uh, and Boston does this well as well. They've got the crowd going all the way to the finish line, really? and it is just incredible. They cheer you. There's a little dip when you get to the end. Yeah. So when you see that dip, because you can't see the finish line, you see the, you sort of see the... Yeah, you're like, oh no, is it still not there? The gantry. Yeah. Yeah, it's still not there. And then suddenly there's this dip and you see like this finish line and and that's when you've got that dip, that's when you make sure you've got your finish line pose ready. Yeah. You know, because there are photographers everywhere and you're going to cross the line and, and it's absolutely epic. So, you know, it makes up for some of the you know, challenges on the course. It, the the ending does make up for it in terms of atmosphere and crowd. Yeah, so definitely when you get to that dip, have your biggest smile on your face, put those arms up in the air and get ready. And what I will tell you is you will be an expert of Central Park by the end of the New York Marathon. <laughs> you will have experienced so much of that park. Yeah. Uh, you, you could probably write a book on it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, I mean... But then that's where it's sort of, you know, you, you the celebration is there on the line. You cross the line, you get your medal, they give you your goodie bag. Yeah. Uh, and they give you an apple. It's the big apple. Yeah. So how appropriate. They give you an apple, which is... I didn't even think about that. This is why Yumi's the brains and the beauty of the operation. <laughs> I'm not sure what I am yet. Come on. <laughs> they, gave you an, they gave us an apple and that was really nice to have something fresh. It wasn't just gels and tailwind and Gatorade. Yeah. It was actually something really, really fresh. I really, really appreciated that. The other thing that I probably would have appreciated if it was normal New York weather was the poncho. I loved the poncho, even with the hot. And I think, again, we were so overwhelmed and sweating, it was still appreciated by me, and I put it straight on, is the New York finishes poncho yeah. is excellent. I've still got yeah. it. It's beautifully made as well with a fleece lining. So if you've got the cold weather, it would definitely be appreciated. But even in the warm weather, I think, and you you kind of have those post-race chills anyway when you stop overheating. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's um, 
much needed. And you see what's brilliant is there's a sea of these blue... <laughs> blue wizards. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Everyone's wearing their ponchos. There's a sea of blue ponchos and everyone's sort of like shuffling to get out of the park, which I'll talk about in a sec. But the poncho, I mean, it's, it is the best poncho. Yeah. It's better than the, the Berlin one's pretty flimsy. Mm-hmm. They give you a foil blanket in Tokyo. In New York, they do it proper. Yeah. And it's a nice fleecy thing. And the great thing is they come and they put it on you. Yes. And they make sure that it all fits nicely on you and it's all clipped in. I've actually got it in the back of my car in case I have a breakdown anywhere and I need to stay warm. Genius. You know, it's one of those that you just keep and it, it's got New York Marathon on it and and that is great. I didn't appreciate it as much on the day because it was still muggy, yeah. muggy, muggy. Yeah. And I was hot and sweaty and tired and grumpy and very emotional. I mean, I crossed the... You'd had quite the race, fair enough. I crossed the finish line and it was a blooming miracle um, as far as I was concerned, given that I almost gave up halfway and and I was really teary and like, oh my God, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm so glad I've just finished this. I was so proud of you. You really pulled it out of the bag. It, it was really, really challenging for me and I didn't have the best race, but I still, you know, my, my target was to get under five hours and, you know, at one stage I was tracking 5.15, then 5.30, then 5.45. And that's what broke my will a little bit when I got to looking at my watch. And I spent so much time just looking at my watch. And my advice is just don't. Yeah. Just enjoy the race. And whatever time you get, you know, the outcome's the outcome depending on how you run the race, right? And don't overthink it. I got to 5.45 and I was thinking like, you know, I ran my first London marathon um, in 549 mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm, I'm almost back to where I was and that's what really got in my head yeah and uh, so it was a miracle I don't know how I managed I actually do know how I managed I'll talk about it later I managed to run a 504 marathon in the end and it was like I'm just blown away that I managed to do that because I was on the struggle bus from mile 11 incredible. all the way on the struggle bus and no, it's just it, incredible it was super tough and to put it in perspective like pro runners had collapsed i'd for the first time ever in a race i'd seen paces drop out and were walking they and again i i think we have to be really clear it was very unexpected i think yeah. the organizers did do an amazing job mm-hmm. Clearly, their organisation is fantastic because so much of the organisation still was there. And I think a lot of the things that went wrong on the day, I wouldn't expect to see that this this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was yeah. such a different weather than they were used to. I think that also affected part of the crowds. I think certain areas would have been a lot busier. Um, as I say, when people were there, they were extremely vocal, extremely loud. I completely agree with you, me there. Yeah. Um, but the parts where they weren't, I would argue, I think they probably would have been a lot more people there had the weather not been so hot. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the aid stations. Yes. I mean, the aid stations, just like Chicago, lots of availability. Yeah. Right. And I, I like that about the American races and they were really well organized. They were not as easy to see as Chicago. Which is funny because they were on both sides of the course as well. Yeah. But they, you kind of like came up across them very quickly. I think there was maybe a little less. I, I don't know. It's almost like I stumbled across them. So, so from mile twenty, mile three to twenty-five, they're basically every mile, except for five, mile five, five seven, seven, and nine are the three miles where you don't have an aid station. Um, but there are toilets every mile 
um, along the course, which is great. There are gels which are given out, I think, mile 12 and 18. Yep. So you have science in sport energy gels. So they're yeah. from 12 and 18 to help fuel you. And they've asked signages on the course to say where the gel zones are and the flavours. So this year they've got a caffeinated citrus one and then they've got isotonic, which is orange, lemon and lime, two to three and tropical. Yeah. I only mention that just because if you want to practice beforehand, you know the flavours. You've got bananas at mile yes. 21 and 23. That was really appreciated. And in terms of drink, it's the flow alkaline spring water from three to 25, except five, seven and nine. And then it's Gatorade endurance formula and it's the lemon and lime flavor. Same as Chicago. That was really good. Yeah. Really easy to drink, not too sweet. Yeah. Remember that you cannot wear hydration vests in New York. No. Just like in Chicago, you can't wear them. Um, Boston, you can't wear them. It's just can't wear hydration vests. So any Tailwind users out there, I used Tailwind while I was in New York. I used a, a bottle belt. And they were very good at refilling my soft flask halfway, carrying my my Tailwind powder. So as I, uh, you might have heard me talk about this in terms of strategy before, my advice is mm. take one bottle of mixed up Tailwind. And I had that in my belt. And I had one soft flask empty soft flask with the powder already in the soft flask don't you can mix it on the fly but put the powder in the bottle first don't try and do it try to fill the bottle with the powder on while you're on on the run uh, i only did that once in berlin and my greasy hands couldn't get the damn thing open got my teeth into it pulled it across and this white powder exploded out all over my face and you didn't make that mistake again. <laughs> well, no, I had white powder all over my face. I mean, didn't really look like it. Not the way you want to start, is not, it? Especially in a foreign country. Not a good look. Um, <laughs> so so just be careful about that. But plenty of water stops along. The other thing I would talk about is, can we just talk about the camaraderie um, amongst the runners? Yes, um, I think that was, yeah, important. Because, and I'm just going to say this, right? So, So New York was the race where I felt, I've never felt so lonely or alone on a race. And I know it's not small, world's smallest violin time, right? But everywhere we've talked about, you know, you're getting, you, you're doing, I'm doing my videos, I'm getting photo bombed by people, um, people jumping in and contributing to my videos, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, New York, it, it didn't happen. It happened once, yeah. mile seven. Natalie from Philadelphia. I it, it happened so rarely that I actually remember who she was. Yeah. And and we chatted for a bit. So all the other courses, you can meet other people, chat to other people. And uh, but I found that actually in New York, it was very, very people were very serious, and they were in their own race. And I don't know whether that was the conditions people were struggling and people were just in their own heads at the time. I did actually ask one of the native New Yorkers on my Facebook group about this. And she said, no, that's that's just, and she's run New York 15 times too. Uh, and she said, no, that's just the way New York is. You know, it's, you don't get that similar sort of chit chat with the other runners. And, and bearing in mind, I was making the effort. Yeah. I really was making the effort to talk to people and people would just say one or two things to you and then they'd get on with it. I mean, I remember we're in Manhattan and I was giving, I was giving out salt stick chews like they, they were sweets. <laughs> 
because I had two packets of salt stick chews and I was giving them out because I could see runners falling down all over the place. You know, as you said, the leader of the race collapsed in in the race and I've never seen the conditions. And that's why you've just got to be really, really careful, run to the conditions. Um, I've never seen so many runners collapsed on the side of the road needing medical attention. And I I heard from friends of mine who stopped in a medical tent that they just gave them salt stick chews. So I was handing them out and people would, you, you know, I see you're really struggling here. You've got cramp here. Take one of these. And people were just really suspicious of you. You just taking it out of the salt stick chew packet. Yeah. And they were very, very suspicious. And I thought maybe this is just a New York thing. But I didn't find that the camaraderie was amongst the runners was there like I've seen in other races like Chicago and London, especially um, where, you know, the party is on the course rather than the block party around you. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to discuss and have space for different people's experiences. And I I really do firmly believe and stick to that and would argue with that Mm. because every runner has a different experience. I I know I've spoken to several people that have done the New York Marathon and they actually couldn't speak more highly about the camaraderie in a race. Um, And I think I'm really appreciate you being brave enough to bring that up, Yumi. You know, it's not easy to admit, hey, that's I've never felt so lonely in a race. But I think that's really important because and I think if you're watching this, even if you have done New York before and you've had amazing experience like that might not. And it might be the majority, but there will always be people in a race that really struggled. And like I couldn't speak more highly about London. It's my favorite race in the world. I've been lucky enough to have such positive experiences, but there might be someone who's further back that's really struggling or someone that the race just the wheels fell off that day and really didn't go well. And I think that's why it's really important to hold space for these conversations and hear that because I think it will inspire other people. And I hope you don't, hear what Yimmy's got to say and take it negatively, but actually see it more as inspiration. And if you're running that race, actually be like, I'm going to be the one that makes the effort. Yeah. I'm going to be the one that, if that was Yimmy's experience, I could actually make that not experience for one person. Natalie, as you were saying, was it? Yeah, Natalie from Philadelphia. I would say... Natalie from Philadelphia. Yeah, shout out to you, Natalie. Well done. Be more Natalie. It be more Natalie. And I'd say go out there and just talk to other people. And if people are talking to you, maybe it's because they're struggling. So, you know, run with them for a while. You know, I, I was worried about, you know, getting to the finish line. I've got to say the one thing about New York, and I don't know if New York did it first and London copied them. Yeah. And I think they did actually, is they keep that finish line gantry open, yeah. right? So yeah. although there's a cut course cutoff time, 6.30, there's a sweeper bus that leaves at 11.30 and moves at a seven-hour pace. And they close the course and they reopen the roads um, to traffic. And you have to go on the pavement. But they keep that finish line gantry open. Remember, we went back really, really late. It was really dark. We'd gone for a drink somewhere. We came back to cheer the other runners. And they kept that finish line gantry up. And that crowd was still immense in, in Columbus Circus, remember? Yeah. So, so you know, that's really, really good. It makes it inclusive. And I love that about yeah. New York and London, that that start that finish line gantry. Everyone gets a medal. Everyone gets the finish line photo. You might not get a recorded official time. I don't know. We need to just check upon the rules around that. But yeah. you actually do get to finish and get your medal and your poncho, which is just fantastic. 
Yeah, and to add one last thing about the camaraderie as well, because it's something Yimmy and I discussed a lot, because when I finished the race and I heard how lonely it felt, it really made me sad. Um, and I will say I do think a large part of that, maybe not all of it, is the fact that the conditions on the day as well, like my take on it and what I was witnessing from my own race and my perspective, um, I didn't necessarily have the same lonely thoughts as Yimmy. I didn't think the crowd was there as much as London, but again, I could blame the weather. But what I would say is my experience was I think so many people were so struggling with that heat because bear in mind, everyone was training for a very cold race. Yeah, yeah. That's what you can expect from New York. I think so many people were struggling in that race. And the way I looked at it and shared with Yimmy was I don't think anyone had the capacity to be looking or so few people had the capacity to be looking after others because they were just trying to get through their own race. That's why I asked one of the locals yeah. on my group and she said, that's just, that's just New York, you yeah. know, and it's, you get less of that chat, but you know, people go and have their own experiences around this, but you, you mentioned the crowd. Let's just talk about the crowd for a minute yeah. because people were saying, Oh, the crowds in New York are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say they're certainly the most vocal. Agreed. When they are there. Yeah. But there are big parts of the course that I experienced. And this is my experience yeah. um, where they weren't there, right? So they're not on the bridges. They're not allowed on the bridges. That's when you kind of need them because you're struggling on the elevations and stuff. Yeah. That, you know, the Queensborough Bridge, all I could hear was panting of 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 runners. And I remember passing the, the 4.30 pacer I walked past her on the Queensborough Bridge and I thought she's having a bad day out, you know, an even worse day out than I am. <laughs> I crossed her earlier in the race too, yeah. But the crowd are, I mentioned Atlantic and Lafayette in Brooklyn where people are literally screaming in my face, recording videos. I could hardly hear me talking because it was it was so loud. And they are, when they're there, they're vocal. Um, three of my favorite parts of the course, I mentioned Brooklyn, Lafayette, and then coming off the wall of sound at mile 16, coming onto first half, and then the finish line, absolutely epic. But I mentioned the bridges where no crowds are allowed, top of Manhattan where it really, really petered out and it was very, very thin. Um, the Jewish district as well, you go through South, South Williamsburg, it's on Bedford Avenue, you come off Lafayette, you're in Brooklyn, you turn left. I think it's mile, I'm tempted to say around 11 Mm-hmm. Um, you run through this area and it's a very strict Hasidic Jew, Jewish area. And it's like life just has, is carrying on there. And there's no, yeah. nobody really, you know, they're not really concerned about the marathon at all. And and it was like, you know, Handmaid's Tale sort of eerie quietness. Um, and it was, it was, it was just really, really, I just thought this is just very, very strange. So there are places, is where you know the crowd aren't there and unlike london this year where it was very very consistent all the way through and although overall they weren't as loud and perhaps british people are a bit more reserved it was consistent all the way through the course there weren't any dead spots in london this year at all the other thing i would point out is that for a lot of the race there are no crowd barriers Mm. right first avenue yes there's those police blockades um but I remember in Brooklyn, there's if you're lucky, there's a bit of tape separating the crowd from the course, uh, which means that there are some places, just be prepared for this, where 
the crowd will want to participate and join in. Yeah. There's one girl in front of me and her whole family decided they were going to join her on the course and run a mile with her. <laughs> They're in their jeans and their boots and they were running along. And I was thinking like, get out of the way, you know, what are you doing? And there's, there's, there's already enough people on this course. And there's another point where a family of four on bikes decided to cross the road yeah. in a row on their four bikes. It's not very marathon friendly. Hey? And and I actually anchored on and, and, and stopped. And I was like, what are you doing, people? You know? Um, yeah. So just be prepared that, you know, the crowd barriers are missing for quite a lot of the course. So people do wander on. There are people who then try and participate as well. But overall, the crowd is there and they're very, very supportive especially at the end when you really, really need them to get you over that finish line. So, yeah. you know, yeah. New York, you get some big big points for vocal crowd, not as good as London in terms of consistency, I would say. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, as, and uh, the thankful part is, though, that, like you said, when they are there, they are vocal. And actually, when they were there were parts where you did really need them. Apart from, obviously, if they can't go on the bridges, they can't be on the bridges. We're not going to um, fault anyone for that. Yeah. That's just a shame. And That's it's just logistics. It is. it is what it is. But the parts, as I say, especially coming off um, some of those bridges into the wall of sound and massive crowds. It's so appreciative. And I'm always so appreciative of all the supporters. Shall we talk briefly? Uh, we'll fire through post finish line. Yes. Getting out of Central Park. <laughs> okay. So, so going to be factual here. Yeah. So you finish around a level with 67th Street. Yeah. And then they funnel you all the way up to 77th Street to get out of the park and you weave along the park. And and then you have to, if you've bag dropped, you have to walk back to 67th Street to pick your bag up. So you actually walk 20 city blocks effectively. It's just over a mile you've got to walk just to get to the bag drop. Contrast that with London Marathon, where it's 250 yards. You pick up your bag, you get your medal, you get your T-shirt, and it's another 150 yard of 150 meters, sorry, yeah. and you get to the end, and you can turn left, right to Horse Guards Parade, or you go straight through Admiralty Arch. No such luck there in New York. Just be prepared for a long walk. I actually think I found post race harder than the race itself. <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. way, mentally. And a lot of people say, you know, oh, you'll appreciate the walk. I did not. <laughs> no, I did not either. And I, I just wanted to get out of that park. I wanted to get my bag. And then you've got to walk down to 59th to get, because there's no, there is actually a subway station along there, but it was so crowded. The exit to the park was so crowded that you couldn't actually get into it. So I walked down to Columbus and then I was redirected by the police and I couldn't get into the subway at columbus either yeah and in the end i walked back to my hotel and it was like two and a half miles nearly three miles in terms of walk yeah on really really tired legs and and i i just found that really really tough that, you know, why do they get you to walk 10 blocks up just to walk 10 blocks down which is why i would say if i did it again i would consider not bag dropping so i could actually walk up to 81st street and catch the subway from 81st Street down 
I would actually agree with you. I always have a bag for the bag drop just because I like to have some like change of clothes and stuff. I'm someone who's like, I just keep going. <laughs> I'll be walking around the city for the rest of the day. I actually would be the same. I, I, I wouldn't be worth it for me. No. It's the only time I finished a race. And again, a, a part of this is due to the conditions of like, I finished the race and I had like a full grown woman sobbing next to me and I had very wobbly people that just, they were so affected by the race conditions. And so this girl was just yeah. done. Yeah. And then to have to walk this woman through basically the whole other half of Central Park to get to the back corner and then walk the entire length of Central Park again to get your photos, get your bag. Yeah. It really is a lot on tired legs and overwhelming. So yeah. for me personally, again, my experience, that's the worst post-finish line. The, one of the best finish lines in terms of the excitement, but after that... Agreed. And part of that is a testament to them of their logistics until that part was so impressive that I wasn't quite prepared for the... The, in terms of the organization of that. Yeah, yeah. I think they've done so well pre-race, the organization, et cetera, that the post-race organization, picking up the bags, getting out, I had to negotiate with the police to even be able to get across yeah. Columbus yeah. Circle Yeah, um, yeah. was a lot yeah. in my it, experience. It, it, I, I 100% agree with that. Best finish line, worst post-finish line for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just took so long to disperse everybody. And, and I... You know, you might say, people might say, well, it's 50,000 runners, what you expect. Well, London had the same this year and it, it's Damal and they still got people through it. Yeah. The one other thing I would suggest before we sort of talk about post-race, post-race yeah. and stuff to do the next day. Yes. Um, is do fill out your emergency contact details on the back of that bib. Yeah. Please do it. Yeah. I have never, like I said, I've never seen so many runners needing medical attention on the day and i i've you know i'm a bit blasé about my 10k races uh, i don't always fill out the medical information on the back these major marathons you know you've got the contact emergency contact information on the back of the bib make sure you complete that because i saw so many people and i can guarantee these people did not plan to be lying on the roadside with medics around them I spoke to a young woman around my age on the plane back and she was severely ill in that race. Um, and yeah, didn't, yeah. was found herself really confused. She definitely would have had some heat stroke, got back to her hotel, was sick. And like, again, hadn't put the medical information. Yeah. Even to help herself out on that. So yeah, massive, yeah. massively agree with that. Just, just, it takes a minute to do. It didn't help that. And you, I know you didn't experience this at the further up. Yeah. But, you know, mile 11, 12, 13, they ran out of water cups. Yeah. And this is why I said logistical, right? And I'm sure, I am absolutely sure that this was a one-off. Yeah. Like London 2019 was when they ran out of water cups, when they ran out of water, mm -hmm. they ran out of water cups, which was really, really odd because they had cups for Gatorade, but they didn't have cups for water. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I just thought that was, and I, I remember running up to the, the the guy who had, he was helpless. He stood there with the bottle yeah. and I ended up holding out my hands and he poured the water in my face and I was just literally trying to drink this water. And then I got to mile 13 and I ended up, they just gave me the carton of water. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is great. I'm using this carton of water, but the poor souls behind me, they're going to run out of yes. cartons of water. Yeah. So I was a running around, just passing this bottle, this carton of runners around me. 
And again, it was like the lack of camaraderie again. It was like almost like people would drink some water. You kind of want to have a conversation with them. Yeah. And they just went, yeah, thanks. And they just ran off. And it was like, okay. There goes the bottle. Well, okay. <laughs> I hope that was helpful, you know. Um, but yeah, do, do fill out that that emergency information. Great advice. Yeah. And I think um, hopefully you'll never need it. But I think we didn't yeah. expect weather like that and to have that all sorted. Yeah. And that as a backup is really important. Shall we move on to slightly happier topic of sightseeing? So things around New York to look and do. You can get carried away. New York is fab, right? Incredible city. I would say my top tip is one of the things about the New York course is actually you don't actually get to see a lot of New York, right? You see uh, the um, boroughs, but in terms of sightseeing, yeah, yeah the building. Yeah, you, the landmarks. So so yeah. when I think London, I think Big Ben, Tower Bridge, London Eye, Buckingham Palace, yeah. Tutty Sark. You know, I, I name all these landmarks. You get to see yeah. all of them. Yeah. In New York, you don't really get to see that many of the landmarks, right? So, yeah, you get to see the bridges. Is Verrazano Narrows Bridge really a landmark? Okay, maybe. And then you, you, if you squint hard enough, you get to see, on a clear day, you might get to see the Statue of Liberty. You'll know Central Park too well. <laughs> you get your Central Park, you get to see very, very, a lot of, right? And you get to see, I guess, uh, the Empire State Building as you're running towards it. But you don't get as much of those key, you know, landmarks like you get to see in other city races. So actually go and spend a bit of time doing that. My favorite was going up the Rockefeller Center with you yes. and getting the Empire State Building in the background with the with the with the medal photo on the Monday. And my absolutely favorite one is um my medal photo that we took on the Brooklyn Bridge. Love that. Yeah. That that is just go down. Don't do what we did. We walked all the way down there. Right. <laughs> he you was know. with me to be fair. I was like, we and you walk like it. walking. <laughs> yeah, you like your walking. It was like, you know, I've done enough of this walking malarkey in New York. Thank you. Um yeah. but we we you go down to the Brooklyn Bridge and you get this wicked picture of the Brooklyn Bridge and you just great Medal Monday photo there. And yeah, just go and experience a bit of Midtown, Chrysler Building, et cetera, et cetera. Go down to Wall Street yeah. and get metal photos down there with the, with the Freedom Tower, et cetera. So, so many sites to see. And like yeah. New York, just being in New York is so inspiring. Like it really yeah. is the big city. There's just this, like, I don't know, there's just something about the air, how like... The bus, hustle and bustle and all of that is very inspiring with all these skyscrapers, etc. So just make the time of it. Again, we're so lucky to be in a position where we're running, we're healthy enough to run a marathon. We are coming all over the world to do these things. So like take the photos, yeah. really enjoy the experience where you can. In terms of eating around the race, we haven't got too many just because there's so many great places you can eat around New York. Super easy to carb load from wherever you're going from like pizza vendors to there's plenty of Italians. They love their carbs out there. A few of my personal favorites, I always like to help the gluten-free people out. I was gluten-free for a long time. I had my favorite bagel I've ever had at Modern Bread and Bagel. Gluten-free everything with cream cheese. You can thank me later. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, Posh Pop Bake Shop is like a really special bake shop just for gluten-free. 
as well. And also the butcher's daughter, I wouldn't suggest that for carb loading necessarily, but that's a plant-based restaurant that me and a friend went to and we absolutely loved it. So I'll put those all in the show notes. And then do you want to say a little bit about Ellen's Stardust Diner, Yimmy? Because that you you pulled a gem there. Oh, that was so much fun. So Ellen Stardust, it's it's a place where it's a diner. So it's just diner food, but Mm -hmm. it's staffed by a load of people who are aspiring to get onto Broadway. Yeah. And they're all singers and, and performers. And you go in there, you have your, you order your diner food and suddenly somebody will burst into song and there's a, a whole performance. And they, they, it's it feel like a runway, like in, yeah, in the middle. It's in the round. So, so there's literally a runway between the backs of booths. So they walk down there and they perform from the balcony and it's such good fun. That, that was really good fun. My other favourite was, of course, that classic New York thing of buying a slice of pizza off the side street vendor, and yeah, so you get this big slice that you can you can hold in one hand, and it just stays there. And it's it, well, that was really really cool. And you know, so so New York's so full of really really good places that you know you you won't struggle to find places to go and get decent food. Of course, we went to one of my restaurants one of the restaurants I, i've been to, going to for years over the years in new york was amaroni remember we went to this italian place yeah. in this cozy i think ninth avenue and 40 something street yeah and we were in there we got the full flavor of new york didn't we because um oh, we, we were having yeah. food and the police arrived there was an emergency <laughs> and there was a takedown inside the restaurant i was like yummy what have you done <laughs> <laughs> there was some some sort of argument broke down broke out and and the police were called and they they were there so quick actually you should we should say oh, new york police they do not muck about right no and and actually i felt quite safe there so your first time in new york in certainly manhattan you know that call went out to the police and they were there within three minutes yeah and those those cops weren't mucking about either so it's very very safe even though pe- you, know, you can't control what other people how other people behave yeah. but the police are there to sort things out so that was pretty cool yeah and there's so many places you can eat yeah yeah um and then last lastly just a little suggestion from me just because it's one of my and again i'm not sponsored for this a shop that's a little hidden gem that i love it's called fish's eddie it's a shop in new york again i'll put the details in the show notes and um, I've always got the most beautiful, like, sort of souvenirs from there. It's it's like they sell plates and cups and bowls and just lots of loads of little novel things. But my family still treasure it to this day. We've got these beautiful New York bowls and cups and things like that. So if, if you wanted to get a gift for something or you want a little cute takeaway from the city, again, not at all sponsored in any way it's just like a, a lot of the locals know this store it's a favorite a lot against I, i've told a lot of people to go that visited and they've always come away with something i'll put that in the show notes as well i think that's it i think that's new, it new york is a wrap i think at the end of the day it's a major yeah it's a big one mm-hmm. and you know for all of how i didn't you know i struggled as i said you know, the things that saved me were one and a big shout out to to Ben from Sports Tours International, who was actually filming some footage. He didn't mean to run the whole course, but he ended up running the whole thing. 
And I might have had a hand in encouraging him to, to carry on and finish it. I bumped him into him on the just before the Queensborough Bridge. And you know, that was when I was at my lowest point and I was thinking, I can't carry on. I'm gonna not gonna finish this. And yeah. actually having someone to talk to and and having a bit of a laugh with and share a couple of miles with, that really helped me. And and actually having a really good talk with myself and saying, like, what are you doing? You're overthinking this. Yeah. Get it out of your head. And as soon as I let go of time and thought, I'm just going to finish this race, I actually ran a lot better. Um, and You've got amazing time despite the conditions and also off the back of so many marathons you'd done at that point as well. That was the killer, actually. Four in a row. I didn't mind the three weeks back to back, funnily enough. And maybe I expected a lot. I, I had high expectations of the race because people were saying to me, oh, New York's the best, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And and there was a three-week break between Chicago and New York. And, and I don't think, and maybe I didn't do my taper down, build back up in the right way. And I'll look at that at some point. But but despite my challenges, I still look back on it. I'm still proud of the medal that's on my wall. I'm still proud of my achievement there. It's still a major, and you know I got to share with you. So, yeah. um, I, I I honestly hope you can be excited. I think it's real. We and we discussed this episode a lot before we did it because we wanted to be honest. I think that's really important, especially if you want to trust us as people, you know. And if we're going to be out here sharing our experiences, I, I don't think it's right for us to be hiding that, you know. And I think also it's important. Because even the races that we absolutely loved, right, there is going to be people out there that didn't have that experience. So I think it's important to share that. But I hope uh, we've been balanced about it. And I hope we've still given you enough to get so excited about New York's one of the best cities in the world. It's that popular for a reason. We were meeting so many people in the lines that it was there. Like Dana had done it for 15 years. Um, couldn't wait. She was so excited. It was like a dream of hers to run with her daughter. I've had so many other people tell me that they've run it multiple times. That's got to tell you how popular that race is. Yeah. And don't forget the fact that you, like Yumi said, you're running a major. You would have done so much to get there, made a lot of sacrifices. You've done a lot of training. So take the pictures, enjoy the experience. Hopefully you'll get maybe a more of a chilled version, literally. Um, of New York it's a little chillier usually when you do it that time of year Um, and please let us know your experiences we'd love to hear from you genuinely and as I say it's good to have these well like all these different pictures of a race anything to add there Yumi no I think that's it oh great I think the last thing we've got to finish on is what's your ranking out of the six (laughs) just give us one last refresher because not everyone would have heard every episode it was it was six only because of my on-the-day experience, right? And I think I score it with the whole... So London's my first, Boston's my second, Berlin and Chicago are joint third, fifth is Tokyo, and and just based on my experience, New York. But that's not to say that, you know, still a race that I would go back to run it's still a privilege to have run those races. Absolutely. So even though it's, it came sixth on my ranking uh, of the six, it's because of my race day experience. And I'd love to go back and experience again, see, see if it's different. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree the same. And I'd be inspired by that, I think. Mine would be a London top still. 
Um, then I would say I've only done four out of the six so far, so mine will be out of four. So I'd say London, Chicago, New York, then Berlin for me. Okay. So there we go. That's why we all have different experiences. Well, thank you so much to everyone who's joined us. It has been a long one, but I think you'll appreciate why. There's so much to cover in that race based on the technicality, as Yimmy said. Also, so many different experiences. Yeah. I'd say one last thing is a shout out to to somebody who is an absolute legend, which is Runner. Yes. Um, and, you know, he's a man who has run this race. Runner Gunderson, he's a Norwegian runner and he's been he's run it 43 times and if you ever need sort of information in detail i mean this guy's even got you know the weather graphs from the last 25 years or something showing what the weather conditions are like etc it is so impressive runner runner gunderson he's got a website that's runner runnerweb.com we'll put that in the show notes maybe um you know he as soon as I found his website, I came off all of the New York Marathon Facebook groups because I thought, actually, this is all the information that I need in a really, really accessible form. So, so a big shout out to if if I if my Facebook group could become for London what Runner's website is for New York Marathon, I'd be really, really proud. So that's a great resource to to refer people to. Yeah, nice. Thank you for adding that. So yeah, thank you so much, everyone. If you're running New York, have the best race. Yeah. Make it your race. Again, Like, have that big smile on your face. Make the most of an incredible city. They were, were super welcoming as well. I think that's something important to add. Yeah. And yeah, enjoy getting another star. Use that, as you say, 98%, 98.2% completed. You just got to get yourself to that start line and make the most of it. Thank you as always, Yumi, for your expertise, your energy, your insight. I love doing these with you. I loved spending the time in New York with you. Thank you for my jacket. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite pieces of item. I smile every, just so you know, I, I smile every time I wear it and I'm proper chuffed every time I wear it. It reminds me of you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. All right, everyone, take care. We'll speak to you soon. Any of the major things we've noted in terms of like restaurant suggestions, Gunner's website, we'll put in the show notes. If you've got any questions, DM us, send us a message. We've got the details for that as well. And take care, run safe. Thank you so much for listening to the Meg Method podcast. If you want to learn more about my coaching and access some free coaching resources, please visit my website, themegmethod.com or send me a message at The Meg Method on Instagram. I would love to learn to know you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would be so grateful if you could please share the love forward. You can show your support in three simple ways. You could please subscribe by clicking the follow button on your favorite podcast platform or YouTube. You could send details of my coaching to a loved one or you could share this episode with others by tagging me in your social media stories at The Meg Method. Just see the show notes for more details. And if you're feeling extra kind, it would make my day if you could please leave a review. Thank you to my legendary podcast team, Brooklyn Fraser and Alicia Navarro. Your hard work and expertise is always appreciated. Thank you again for listening. Have an excellent day. Try your best. Be kind. Big love.